Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've been waiting for, a podcast for podcasters. This is Creating the Greatest Show, and I'm your host, Casey Cheshire. Join me as we interview podcast hosts and investigate the ingredients of a successful interview podcast. We'll talk mistakes, earned skills, powerful questions, and more. This show is sponsored by Ringmaster, completely done for you, B2B podcast production. All right, here we go. Here we go. I'm excited and I've had some cold brew, so this is going to be a fun show. I can't wait to introduce you to our guest today. He is someone I've followed for a long time in the marketing world and it's such a pleasure to sit down with him today on a Friday. And if it's not a Friday when you're listening, I hope this is just one moment for you or maybe it's just a little piece of a Friday for you. This is going to be such a great conversation. Well, who's your guest, Casey? Stop talking. Who is he? Serial entrepreneur, marketing and sales thought leader, and actual leader. He's an author. Uh, two books. One, best-selling on Forbes, is the book F the Funnel. And if that gives you a sense of where we're going, I don't know what else does. But his new book is coming out probably out soon, if not already out when this episode airs. AI Revenue Architect. Check that one out. We'll talk a bit more about that later. And he is a seasoned podcaster, host of CMO Insights, over 170 plus episodes. He's into season eight plus. He's been doing this a while. I can't wait to roll up the sleeves and chat podcasting with him. President and CEO of the Pedowitz Group, Jeff Pedowitz. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Casey. Uh, so, so exciting to be on your program, man. And uh, I know we've been uh, jamming on so many other things over the years, but it's great to finally get to be a guest on your program. Absolutely, man. We were joking just a moment ago how this isn't a marketing podcast. Two, we got two marketing nerds in, in the room, but we get to talk about something else we're passionate about, which is podcasting. So I'd love for you, man, just pull back the curtain for me on your show and share your most important strategy for a great interview podcast. Yeah, I mean, it, the irony is, is when I first started podcasting, uh, I ended up being someone who I'm not because I was so stressed about, I had to be over-prepared. I had to have a highly structured set of questions. I had to know my guests meticulously. I was thinking constantly about my body language, my voice, whether or not I'm looking at the camera, it just felt uncomfortable. Uh, so I got through my first couple of seasons okay, and there's just some good guests, and, and the interviews were okay. Uh, but as I started to really reflect on it, it was just very dry and very stilted. And, and while I do prepare a lot, that's not actually how I normally talk and engage with people. I, I have conversations, I ask questions, I really are more focused on what they're saying and then I react to what they're saying. So starting in season three, I became less concerned about how many questions I could ask within the 20 minute or 30 minute time period and I focused more on the person. And I really came in with just one to two things that I really wanted to know about them. And I had maybe two questions, that's it. And then from there, I just really based every single uh, podcast around the individual. Uh, mm -hmm. Now in the back of my head, you know, maybe based upon the time period, because we've been doing this now for, oh, good seven years. So as things come up in the market, whether it was the pandemic or the great resignation or the war in town, things like that, sure, that might creep its way into the conversation. Um, but, but I really try to make it about the person and make the conversations natural. So I mean, for me, then I think the, the key to having a good podcast is to really make it about the conversation, particularly since most podcasts don't have the video. They're really about the audio. And so you start thinking about what makes good radio. 
it, it's really that that entertainment dynamic, that the conversationalists, the words, the description, it's got to come alive because you can't see it. So the conversation has to be natural and free flowing. It has to be interesting. Um, but rather than put all that pressure on myself as the interviewer, trying to come up with the perfect question to ask, I just tried to make it more natural and approach it more about how I would normally approach a sales situation or really just anybody that I would meet at a cocktail party. I hear you on the pressure, I, man. I used to get so stressed. I would actually jump on a trampoline before a podcast just to get all psyched up. Like it's going to be okay. And, but yeah, that pressure to make it natural and interesting, man, don't we all that, that sort of imposter syndrome rears its ugly head. It's like, man, how am I going to entertain all these people? How do you, how do you release that pressure valve for yourself? Well, I, I guess I started by giving my per myself permission to not have to be perfect and, and to just be myself. Um, but if you, if you, people that really know me, it's really not about me. It's about the team. It's about winning and, and doing good work for my clients. So what I really want people to get from my podcast is I want them to listen to the guests. It's not about me. It's about them. So it, to me, it's, it's just, I really, what can I do to make this person shine? And yeah. That takes a lot of pressure off itself because then I'm not worrying about myself. I'm not trying to worry, like, am I sitting up straight? You know, do I have the right smile? Is my shirt pressed? Like, it, it just, that's to me what creates the pressure. You know, it's a, but I, I generally, because I do love being around people. I love going to trade shows. I love going on sales calls. Yeah, you know, I love talking to people all day long. I get energized by them. So for me, like, that's the perfect pressure release because I could talk to people all day long. I think, you know, so uh, don't stick me in a research lab you know, without people with no windows, like that would be the death of me. Like, that's not how I am. Like I got to be with people. I hear you on the people thing, man. Just, it makes me come alive too. And I love connecting, right? And I thought of like, for the new company, the, our why is just human connection. I just, I love this aspect of podcasting. Um, in, in the fact you give yourself permission to not be perfect. It's just about connecting who, you know, who cares what, I mean, who cares what the audience thinks or, or, or how it just, if you're not perfect, what happens? Right. I guess that's the question. I, you know, I'm not thinking really so much about the audience. I'm thinking about the person I'm interviewing. Yeah. Um, are they comfortable? Is it a natural conversation? Um, look, many of my guests I've known, I've known for years. It's easy. We have common rapport. We've gone to bars together. We've been on done things together. So it's easy to have a commonality, but then there's plenty of guests that the very first time I'm meeting them is when they're at program. And so I only really have just a couple minutes before the podcast starts to build some familiarity, to create some yeah. warmth, uh, without it making it artificial. So again, my, my goal is really zeroing in on that person and how can I make this person comfortable so they can be the best version of themselves? Because if they, if I can do that for them, then the audience will get a good podcast. Right, because they're able to be their best self. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that at the very beginning, the idea of just not being yourself because you had all these things you're thinking about. And as you mentioned, I'm thinking the guest probably has that same problem and they're, they're taking your lead. So if you're stressed and you're not yourself, they're not, they're stressed too, and they're not themselves either. And then you have this sort of fake conversation that nobody loves. Yeah, look, it's it's not an exam, right? It's not, yeah. It, it's 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 supposed to be natural. It's supposed to be a yeah. conversation, and uh, yeah, look, we'd all love to be Joe Rogan in terms of having that massive audience and and, and sure. everything. But 
I, it's, it's so hard. I, I, it's, that's such an abstract thing to think about the audience. Like, I don't know who's listening, when they're listening, how they're engaging. And the podcast yeah. is on so many different platforms and places. I, I just really want to make sure the interview is good. And, and I want to make sure the content is good. If the content's good, then, then people will appreciate it. At least I hope they will. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, I, I suppose we wouldn't be on season eight if we weren't doing something right along the way. But of course we, like anything else, we've made more than our share of mistakes too. Oh yeah. Tons of learning lessons all over the place. Um, you know, what's fun about this show is that it's kind of meta, you're right. Cause we're talking about podcasting on a podcast and then we can talk about what you just talked about in the context of what we're doing now. So my question is, how are you feeling? Are you feeling comfortable right now? Oh, I feel very comfortable. Cool. Cool. And then tied to that was the idea of if your guest is feeling comfortable, everyone's a little bit more natural. What does natural mean to you? I, it doesn't come off stilted, forced, scripted, like someone reading from a teleprompter and you could tell that it's not them. Yeah. Um, look, every guest is different. Like everyone has their own personalities. So I, but I do look at, look as part of my job as a podcaster is to draw out the natural personality of the person that's there. It's yeah. okay if not everyone's funny. It's not okay if everyone is completely articulate. It's okay if some people use profanity. I, I just want them to be them. I, I don't yeah. want them. How would they be if we were just hanging out of the bar? How would they be if we're just riffing in a ball game? Like that's why I want them to be on the podcast because I think that's the most authentic version of themselves. I mean, sure. Look, we are, it's a CMO insights podcast. There's a degree of professionalism about it. Yes. Right. Uh, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that they have to force themselves to be something that they're not. Right. Right. Have you ever had anyone that, um, like came on the insight show and was like a little bit scripted or maybe too scripted. It's, it, it's not so much about the scripted, but the choices of environment, especially in the first couple of years, like I'd have some people in their bathroom in front of a shower curtain and, <laughs> so, you know, and that's when we were doing a lot of video and I'm like, yeah, really dude, like, just like no one else. Like I'd seen like, could you at least go to a Starbucks or something? <laughs> right. Right. Totally. I had, uh, I had a guy in, in a yeah. closet one time and you could tell it was a closet because he had a shirt hanging right next to him. And I was like, Hey man, just take that shirt down. And it looks like you're in a sound booth, you know? <laughs> uh, one of my favorites, just cause I couldn't stop laughing is, um, the guy had a pretty big office. And so, you know, his, his desk is at one end and he's facing the camera and his admin kept, was doing stuff in the back, you know, she kept walking in walking out, but she'd keep pausing and she, she'd stop and she'd look at the camera and, you know, she's about 10 feet behind him. And he was oblivious to it, you know, like, cause he spoke sense and I'm just start, I'm like laughing. Cause she's just, she's right. just like, it's like in the frame, out of the frame, in the frame. Out of the frame. <laughs> it's like, you can turn that into either like a drinking game. Right? It can be distracting too. For the host is when silly things happen. Uh, you know, one of the, the things like that for me that happened is, is we had a, uh, and it wasn't my show, but uh, one of the shows that we work with, um, had a guest, uh, who was filming in her bedroom. And her husband came out of the shower naked and walked across the screen, stopped halfway, looked at the camera, and then backed up slowly <laughs> to the bottom and closed the door. Everyone had a laugh. They had to pause. The awkward moment was when the host or the, uh, the guest introduced our, the host to her husband, like, hey, so-and-so, this is my husband, so-and-so. And they're like, they're like, hey, we just had a moment together. 
<laughs> that's happened to me a couple of times too. Because I, oh, I, I thought it was just audio. I think we're just audio. Video. I was sitting there thinking, okay, but you still know you're being interviewed. Why, why, why would you have your shower scheduled in the middle of the afternoon, five minutes before this thing? I'm like a little bit more planning. Wait, maybe. You, you had a, you had guests show up. Yes, naked? I had guests show up inappropriate. So those, of course, we had to just make audio only. <laughs> they didn't like figure it out and throw a sweatshirt on in the process. Well, no, we had to stop, pause, you know, and then they went, put something on, but it was just, it was funny. Uh, oh, man. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I gave up trying to figure out what people think sometimes, just yeah. people think different things. So right. I just go but with I guess on, yeah. on that note of being natural, that's a little too natural. Right? That, that is definitely a little bit too natural. No birthday suit guests. You know, no birthday. Although that might drive up ratings. I mean, you know, you never know. But we might you know what? wrong. Maybe that's how Rogan yeah. got it done. That, I mean, that's maybe how Joe did it. I, you know, I don't know. Naked marketing podcast. That's right. <laughs> we could rename it the the Naked Podcast series. That, that should get some attention. Everyone would be disappointed when they when they show up and everyone's clothed. You know, but it would be know. like clickbait. Well, we'll have to do the haze over it. You know, like how that show on TV yeah. Naked and Afraid or whatever. So we'll everything. Yeah. So good. Um, Okay, so how we got on this was talking about natural and comfortable and the scripted. Uh, but then the idea, it, we sort of morphed into the, the concept of content, you know, and is the content good? And we, we've let ourselves have permission. I love that, that phrase you gave, permission to not be perfect. And then that content, you know, I've often felt that, you know, if I'm interested in the content, then I just sort of hope and by proxy that my, my audience is too. Do you take that approach or... How intentional do you get about the, the output of that content? Well, again, I'm just really focused on having a good interview and, and whatever the guest wanted to talk about or whatever the macro theme is, you know, do, do we cover it in sufficient detail? Um, then, then, yeah. but it's like, th I think it's like anything else, right? You know how you have conversations with people sometimes and it just clicks. And then other times you're like looking for the exit, like, oh my God, I can't wait to get out of here. Fair. So I think well, I've had some podcast interviews over the years. I'm like, is it 15 minutes yet? Like, it, you know, like, and I'm trying or I'm trying to get it to go. And I'm like, yeah, this is just, I, and then others, you know, 30 minutes flies by. You're like, I could speak to this yeah. person for four more hours. You know, I mean, just this yeah. person's amazing. Um, I spoke with um, this guy, uh, Martin. He was the executive chef at the White House through for three different administrations. And uh, Martin Mangiello. And that was one of my favorite podcasts. I, I, he was so fascinating. And the stories, I mean, I, I could have I could have done an eight hour podcast with him, you know, and he was funny. And he's just telling me all the marketing lessons he learned by, by, by being a chef. And it was, it was really quite fascinating. Uh, so. Yeah, I think really, how do you know good content's good content? You just do. You, you know, like I, it just, just the interview is clicking and it's working and it's lively and it's jumping. And then other times you feel like, could you give me more than a one word answer? Like, okay, I'm trying to get you to elaborate here. <laughs> I think then what's just like, come on, <laughs> like, work with me a bit. Yeah, you know, I, I've definitely encountered that and it can be super frustrating to have guests with just one word open. And I, I have a theory around that, that, um, that it's kind of, cause I'm always trying to improve. Like even if the guest sucks, then it, maybe there's something I could have done better. Right. And you know, like a prep call or something like that. And my theory is that 
if they're doing those one word opens or, or answers, they may just be out of that zone where they're not either talking about a passion of theirs or an expertise. They just don't know, right? So they, nothing to share. But man, if you can find that thing that they love and they start talking about skydiving, you know, they just sort of come alive. Well, and I think you've keyed on something there. It, it is our job as the interviewer to make a good interview. It's not the job of the guest. So I do take responsibility. If it was a bad interview, it's me. I, yeah. I didn't ask the right question. I didn't probe on the right angle. I didn't set the person up well for success. I need to do better. Um, I never blame the guest. It's never the guest. It's, it's me. So I either ran the interview well and it was a good program or I screwed it up and it was not, yeah. it's not a good program. Um, and you know, look, I, I've had a couple of bad ones over the years. I mean, you, know, you do a couple hundred of these or whatever, however yeah. many we've done, I don't even know anymore, but I mean, you know, it just, yeah, there's been a couple of deaths along the way. Totally. Do you ever not put one out? We have never not put one out. Okay. I, I've done that once and it was the sketchy SEO guy that came from a podcast broker. Um, we have had some where like the audio was really challenging and the internet kept dropping. So maybe it was a 20 minute session that we had to edit down to, you know, 11 minutes or something. It was a little Perfect. shorter, uh, but, uh, and so it, it's, it's a little clipped at parts because it's high, yeah, it's yeah. like, I, but, but yeah, you know, no, we've always put them out. That's cool. Yeah. Do you, do you do preps in it b before your show? Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, usually if it's someone I don't know, or sometimes, um, like PR people bring guests to, to, to me or other people yeah. bring guests to me and when that's the case and I didn't really have a chance to reach out to them directly myself, I, I just like to have at least a first 30 minute prep session. Sure. Um, I've been doing that. I'd say I've been doing that a little bit more over the last couple of seasons. Yeah. And we prepped for this and it was great. And I appreciate you doing that. Cause some people say no to preps, right? But man, do I love that just so that when I go to talk to someone, it's not really the first time and we've just got a little bit of familiarity, just a, even just a little bit, you know, maybe a lot if we had a chance to, to chit chat beforehand. Um, how does your prep call any, any particular key elements to it? I don't know if there's anything that, that you do that I don't from your experience with that. Uh, I approach my prep call very similar to how you did. It's like, hi, you know, how are you? Tell me about yourself. Yeah. Like what's important to you? What would you like to talk about? Uh, here's some things to expect on the day of, um, Here's a couple of things I'd like to ask you. Is there anything that's really passionate that you want to make sure that I cover? Um, and then I also explain to them, I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm not going to have a whole set of questions. I'm going to come in with maybe two or three. That's yeah. it. And the rest, I'm just going to listen and I'm going to riff off of you. So then there are really no surprises. Do you have any strategies for riffing? Because I feel like that's like an, it's kind of a cool advanced move to be able to do that. And, and it's kind of scary for a lot of, you know, new hosts to think that they can do that. Cause what happens if you don't have a question at the ready? Well, I think that's why you have to have at least a couple that you could fall back yeah. on just in case. And then I also have other standby questions. But for example, I, I'll, I like to ask a lot of my guests to reflect on their career, like go back to your early version of yourself coming out of college. What advice would you give them? Some things. That's why I have a couple of go-to questions I can pull up, um, that I, that I like, but you know, with riffing, I think the key to it is being in the conversation. You know, I mean, how do you, how do you know when to joke with your friends or, or like how to pivot? And like I said, in a business that you, you do just cause it's, it's natural. So yeah, I, 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 but I think if you're not engaged, if you're, 
not really connecting with the guests and you're thinking about what you want to ask next, you're not actually, you're not really actively listening. You're sort of partially listening, but then you're really, that's right. Even though I just said it's our obligation as the interviewer to make sure the interview is good, but it's still not about us. It's about the, the person that we're interviewing. Yeah. But if you're constantly thinking about what you're going to ask next, then you are making it about you versus the person because you're too worried about what you're going to say. And then in that moment, you can't riff or you can't riff well because you're not in it. You, you know, you're not in it. And you know, like sometimes you get called you know, sometimes like from your wife or your friends, right? Are you listening to me? Like, are you like watching? <laughs> are you, like, are you like, the worst. like, you know, that's never happened to me at home, by the way, ever. Yeah, I've never, never, never called right. out on my. Oh, ever. I, I always listen. <laughs> of course, I'll tell. Actually, this is really funny. So, uh, yeah, the other night I hadn't made chocolate chip cookies in a while, and so I got on my wife and I'm like, "Hey, you know, I, I'm going to make chocolate chip cookies," and she's like, "Oh, that's a great idea. Uh, use the mixer that's right next to the refrigerator." And I'm like, "Mixer? There's a mixer next to the refrigerator." I'm thinking it was in the pantry. She's like, "Yeah, it's been there. You know, remember I got it for Christmas and we made all the cakes." And I'm like, "No." And she's like, "You you make breakfast there every single morning." It is right in front of you, literally. Yes. I'm like, no, seriously, really? Like, how long has that been there? Like, I never noticed the mixer. She's like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, it's like, literally, like, right here is this thing is huge. And I'm like, I just tore So now it's become a running joke. You know, like, what else have I not noticed around? But, but you know, yes, it happens. So uh, I think you have to pay attention. I think it's, it, I don't think you can successfully riff if you're not actually in it. Yeah, it makes you... I'm I'm the same way with the the fridge, right? Like, where is the mayo? I it it's like literally right in front of me, and I just I don't see it. Like um, at the second shelf on the left in the basket, where? And you know, she's like, I said the second shelf, not the first shelf, not the third shelf, like the second. Like, <laughs> I I still can't find it for the life of me. Please help me find this thing. Uh, you know, one of the things I love to do with um, I I like to take notes. Do you take notes when when you're doing the show? You're asking questions? Uh, when I am at sales calls, yes, all the time. I have ever know okay. that. And I take notes prodigiously. Um, when I'm doing interviews, no. Okay. Um, why? Um, because I know with the interview, it's in the moment. And, and if I even take a second to write something down, I'm worried I'm going to miss something and I'm not going to be emotionally available. I do it in sales calls because I have to. I, it, you know, to be able to follow up with my team, to think about the proposal, what I want to do next. I, I, you know, I have a very good memory, but with the sheer amount of calls I have, there's no way I can remember every detail of every you know, right. call. Um, with the interview, I'm really trying to be present. I, I, you know, so now I do have a Bernardo open, but it's with my pre-interview notes or whatever I wanted to say. So like I have my bio, the CMO, you know, I'll have a couple of things that they, he or she said they wanted to cover. Then I'll have my couple of questions just so, if sometimes my like gets done whether I can reference it really quickly, but I'm not taking notes. Interesting. That's that's. It. See, I, I love this different aspect of, you know, we all might do things generally the same, but we have our differences. You know, I I tend to take notes as a way of paying attention, right? Because sometimes I'm in my mind can wander, or maybe it's my way of focusing on the words, and and not. So yeah, no right or wrong answer, but it's just it's just interesting to sort of process that I do write notes, but I will say, I think, I don't know if it was Peterson, some, some professor had talked about how you shouldn't take notes in class, like recorded or something, because you can't, you know, like understand it and write it at the same time. It's like two different parts of your brain. I don't know if I agree with that, but there's definitely something there where- I think there's degrees of truth. And, and What's that? And, 
I think there's degrees of truth degrees. in that. Look, it's okay. kind of like uh, you're watching TV at night and you also have your laptop open and you're doing some work or you're browsing right. and right. sort of half listening and half watching, but you could miss key moments in the scene or miss key parts of the dialogue that are happening on the show be because, right. and then vice versa. You're reading an article, but you're missing some key parts of the of the story that you're reading or you're writing because yeah. you're sort of paying attention to the TV. Uh, there's a whole debate around whether or not you could truly multitask and whether or not you could actually be productive. And and so there's a big school of thought that says, absolutely not. You, you really, it's a fallacy to think that you can yeah. do more than a couple things at a time doing well. Yeah, I think I prescribed to that too. The idea that you just, I know I can, maybe some people can, but I, I tend to get super hyper-focused on one thing. So I got to make sure that that one thing is you that I'm chatting with and not, you know, not email or Slack. And there, sometimes there's temptation when the show goes south to be just like this, you know, this guest, they're, they're not really giving me themselves. They're being fake. I'm trying to be real. I'm frustrated. And I know that there's been that tendency to just like zone out, um, but try to fight that and regain control and shift things up a little bit, you know, kind of break things up to try to get that guest to be more of themselves. Yeah. And, and again, but that's, that's our job. I think yeah, as, yeah. as the host is to, to be able to do that. And yeah, they, they don't, they don't always go after <laughs> the way you want to. And I, I love it the most though, when a guest surprises you. Like yeah. how so? Uh, you know, it just out of nowhere, they, a story, an anecdote, something that's really cool. They're like, wow, where did this come from? I missed that. You know, like, okay, this is really interesting now. I want to dig, dig in because. You, you sometimes have those interviews where it's flat for five to seven minutes and you're like, yeah. okay, all right, well, let's just get through this. Well, let's record it. And then all of a sudden just, they said, they said something or the way they responded to a question, they just come alive. And yeah. I, and I love those moments because then it also reminds me like, okay, dig in now. Like this is okay. Let's make the second yeah. half of the interview, like really, really good. Like let's get this person, like finish strong, forget the first half. Like, let's make this next half really, really awesome. I've definitely felt that myself, even at reengaging myself as a podcaster and, you know, as a fellow marketer, you'd get this. I was on one of those kind of dry marketing, you know, interviews and it was frustrating, but, but my guest then went there. They said they, you know, they had a, a position of, they thought all forms should be removed from websites, you know, and as a marketing automation guy, you know, it's like, no, 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 I completely disagree with that. Anyone saying otherwise is just selling a chat bot. So um, I'm like, oh, wait, really? You? And so, and I've, and I've told them in the past, like, hey, if you say something, I'll, I'll respectfully disagree to try to have a dialogue. And that just re-engaged me right away because it was an opposing view. I don't always have those because normally I just agree with everything. But like, that was one where it was fun and we got re-engaged and kind of went tit for tat and, and debated each other. Those are fun too. Yeah. Have you... Have you, how do you handle that? How do you handle disagreeing with your guests? Uh, I just, Especially in a marketing podcast, you have CMOs. And you know how, how many times those CMOs should be hiring Petowitz Group to fix their shit. Uh, if it's <laughs> someone I know, I'll be more casual and I'll go right at them. You know, like just yeah. two guys going at it in a bar kind of thing over a beer and, and uh, but... If it's not someone I really don't know well, and it's a norm's length relationship, I will disagree, but be more, I, I, something more like, okay, I respect your point. Um, 
I'd like to offer a different point of view. I, you know, I, I think, um, I would take this angle because yeah, yeah, you know, something more like that, uh, versus like, if I knew you, I would actually say, I'm sorry, I think that's bullshit. Yeah. Like I, so I could get a little bit more casual with people that I've known for a while. Yeah. And Which I, I, I kind of agree to, to uh, throw around the occasional epithet. <laughs> now I'm not, you have to tell me offline or, well, I, w- I want to go listen to that episode because that just sounds great. Just call in if you're friends and, and you can, you can do that. You know, you wouldn't want to necessarily do that to someone you don't know, to your point, because, and this whole thing's about connecting and that seems like it's a, a disconnect, but when it's your friends that actually doing that makes you even closer because you're saying, you know, I care about you enough to tell you when I disagree with you. Yeah. But you know, look, it's also more like, look, for people that really do know me, I mean, look, I, I do curse. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. say like. Like there's no, every other word coming out of my mouth or anything, but yeah, I mean, I'll use a few choice words every now and then. Like, it's just how I talk. I'm from New York. I mean, what you see is what you get. I'm direct. What are you going to get, uh, right? Do you swear oh, a lot on your show or? No, is that not a lot. No, no, not a lot. No. But I might use a couple, you know, you know, during the show. I mean, I, it's just how I talk, yeah. you know? So I, I, I am, but it still is a professional show. It, it's still like, again, it, it's, it's not shot in a bar. It is an interview with marketing executives. It is for a professional forum. So I, you know, if I'm using it, it's because I'm probably getting really amped up about something or I really want to use it to make a point. I'm not just saying it to say it. Yeah. Um, but it's the part of me where I'm trying to be genuine to who I am at the same time, recognizing there's a time and place for everything. Yeah, totally. Uh, with you on that one, you know, I tell people on the Hardcore Marketing Show, hey, it's called the Hardcore Marketing Show. You can swear if you want. If you feel like you swore too many times, we can cut them out. Like, all good, but be yourself, to your point. And it's surprising, I think, even just letting people know that they could if they wanted to, and they can always undo it later, puts people at ease. But then, you're right, most people don't necessarily do it. Um, I've had some people on prep calls, kind of funny, like like a sales coach, on a prep call, just eh, bomb left and right. Like they're in the military, just blah, 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 blah. They get on the show recording, not a single word. And I was like, okay, I see what's going on here. That's fine. Cleaning it up a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, again, I'm, uh, I, you know, it's not like I have to have my mouth flushed out or anything. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, look, I, I've been known to throw them. I mean, look, look at the title of my first book, right? I mean, you know, it's just, it's right. like, yeah, it's just, it's just who I am. So, um, but again, it, like I said, it's, it's still not about me. It's, it's about the guest. So if it's a guest that's comfortable using that language too, and we're right. comfortable with each other, then sure we could go there. But most of the time guests don't use those words, aren't going to speak like that way. At least they're not going to do it on a podcast. So I don't want to be insulting to the guest and I, it really is about featuring the guest, not me. So yeah. I don't want the program to remember it. Oh yeah. I remember that show with, with Bob Jones and, and where Jeff cursed 90% of the time. And like, that's an insult to Bob Jones. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's just, that's what it's supposed to be about. You know, you, I, I've heard a lot about that too, with, uh, some people that are trying to be Gary V right. Who will, as a fellow New Yorker, just drop that stuff whenever he feels like it. But sometimes you're hearing these people, if, if it's not you and it, then it doesn't sound normal. It doesn't sound right. Like he's being genuine. Be yourself. He is being That's genuine. Right, I, I say all the time, like, I, good for him. Love him. Yeah. It's awesome. But I can't be him and I don't want to be. 
I, yeah, and I, I can't be Joe Rogan either. Joe Rogan is Joe Rogan. You know, Gary Vee's got dirty hair. You don't need to wear a knit cap all the time, you know? No. Yeah. <laughs> Although it might help with my hairline, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, look, it, it's being January, being authentic. I know there's a lot of pressure. Like, what does that even mean? Like, it's just be who you are with your friends, be who you are with your kids, be who you are with your spouse. Be, you know, just, yeah. just don't force it. Don't try and be something that you're not. Just, you know, and then I, I think plenty of people love people for who they are, not who they should be. And, and yeah. you know, we shouldn't be spending all this time trying to make people into something that they're not supposed to be. Yeah, it's like creating a brand, even for like hardcore marketing. You know, I'm not yelling at people on the show. I totally could, but it just, it, you know, it's kind of like we could be hardcore. Let's be hardcore about the strategies and not the, you know, not going to be Gary V. Jr. That kind yeah, of so thing. as tempting as it would be to tell your guests to get their head out of their ass. Yes. Might not, might not make for a good interview the rest of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Or it could, yeah. you know, like, you know, like I turned into a street brawl. I don't know. They could record that. But uh, yeah, I, I think you just got to, you got to find a groove. Yeah, totally. Uh, I wanted to shift a little bit because you and I loved it. Love this stuff, man. Love the hell out of it. So all that being said, we've gushed over podcasting for, you know, good bit of time here. And I feel like you've rounded the corner, you, you know, season eight, you know, close to 200 episodes and no end in sight. But that being said, what, what still challenges you or what is the new challenge as you've, you've gotten season, you've got these, these episodes, are there any challenges or is it all smooth sailing at this point? Well, I mean, the actual production part nailed down. I mean, it's pretty easy to do. Um, and my sessions are shorter than some many others. I know a lot of podcasts go for 30 to 60 minutes. I really try and keep mine between 15 and 20 minutes. Yeah. It's always been intentional, but there's no right or wrong length. Uh, sure. You know, for me, it's it's really getting subscribers. You know, how do you, how do you promote it? And uh, so mm-hmm. people want to listen to it. I, I mean, we're on every platform and channel you can think of, um, Spotify and iTunes and, uh, you know, iHeartRadio and all that. And, you know, we probably reach a little over 50,000 people each week. How do I turn that into 500,000 to 5 million to 15 million? You know, how do you make it interesting in a world where there's so much content, so many podcasts, so many influencers? It, it's, uh, I think the content's good. I'm proud of it. I, uh, I'm proud of the guests that we've had. I just, I think the ongoing challenge is how do we get more people to listen? Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost like the more you, well, it's a balance, right? It ties back into marketing. The, the more you try to get people to listen, the weirder it can get. And then you can potentially sacrifice that, that normal, authentic you for like a you that's trying to get likes and clicks. Right. So I'm just going to continue to focus on trying to produce good content and good shows and um, really hope that it finds its audience, it, you know, but I mean, I think that's to me the biggest overall challenge. Um, how do you be relevant? How do you cut through the clutter and, and get people to listen to something when they have lots of choices? I mean, let's face it. I mean, how much content can you possibly consume? And, and, now there's a subscription channel for everything, right? I mean, you know, we can have Netflix yeah. and Disney Plus and Hulu yeah. and Prime, and we still can't find anything on TV to watch. And we have 10,000 choices. 
selling. I think it's the same thing probably with podcasting. I mean, there's it's probably tens of thousands of business podcasts, right, that are out there. So yeah. why why am I why now? Why you? Like you know, I get so but that's the proverbial challenge of marketing too, I suppose. Yeah. Um if if I were to ask you related to that, your your biggest lever to grow your audience so far, what would what would your take be? Um yeah, I think I probably it's probably about getting an influencer that has a big enough audience on on their own that I can interview. Um Yeah. Look, I, I've had a chance to interview some amazing people on programmers, but generally B2B CMOs. Yeah. We're not celebrities, right? That they, they have a right. <laughs> following, you know, like ten thousand, twenty thousand LinkedIn followers, but not millions. You know, and they're right. not Oprah, right? And they're not Simon right. Sinek and they're not, you know, so I I uh I mean, I don't know, maybe it takes that, right, uh, to, to, uh, to get a, introduced to a wide, wider audience. Right. Okay. I don't know, maybe uh, well, how to do a TikTok video or something. You know, we might have to dance in, in tutus on TikTok to uh, really get the audiences. Um, <laughs> I'll see you there. Uh, <laughs> that said, really kind of a final question for you, because I, I just I love the evolution of this. We talked past, present. I'd love to just talk a little future with you. If we chat again, let's say 50 episodes from now, uh, 50 of your episodes on your show, CMO Insights, what do you want your show to look like? Talking to that future, you know, future you and that future show. Is it the same? Has it evolved? Do you have different guests, different format? What What does it look like? I'm... Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, I honestly, I haven't really thought about it that much because yeah. it's just one thing of many that, that I do. I know, uh, right? Run a company. <laughs> um, all, the, all the other things. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I don't know. Only going 50 hours. I, I guess I just would want a bigger audience and people were looking forward to it that there's a buzz. Like people are getting excited. Hey, who's Jeff going to be interviewing this week? Versus, yeah. you know, everyone's binge watched. They're all caught up and now everyone's in real time. You know, and the, and they're looking yeah. forward to that next week. That would be cool. Um, yeah. You know, that and I would feel like okay, the podcast as a program has reached a, and the next demarcation point. You know, where where people are really looking forward to. Okay, who's he going to interview next, and who's going to be on the program? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, also that that word of mouth, people spreading the word. Hey, he's about to interview this person. It's coming up this week. I love it, and they're and they're getting excited they can't wait to get your episode to drop and man it better drop too because otherwise you'll be like where is that episode i want to hear right? i want to hear i don't know or maybe i'll have a i'll get michael strahan to interview me or something and hell yeah he's like everywhere i'm like how is he even sleep and you know, like i just like he's he's over in the uk he's at the nfl games he's like good morning america these guys everywhere maybe it's not really him maybe it's like an ai bot yes it's an ai bot or he has like uh he's a triplet really so yeah, I, yeah. I am, but I'm seriously amazed. Like these celebrities and the the, the people that like they're globe trotting, they always yeah, look completely yeah. refreshed. They, they seem to be working at all hours of the night. They're anywhere and everywhere. And uh, I don't know, man. By by eight o'clock, I'm good. Perfect. <laughs> right? Okay, my day is over. So I sit on the couch with a glass of wine and, and watch some TV, and go to bed. Yeah. Seriously, you can only drink so much Red Bull. Yes. Only it only goes so far. Exactly. 
you have to pay that debt one day. <laughs> yeah, and then as we get older, man, that debt, that's the first You start feeling it. <laughs> I'm warding that off as we speak. Uh, so on that note, where can people reach out to you? They want to connect um, you personally on the social side, Pedowitz Group, the podcast, throw out some some names, some URLs. and Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn uh, slash N slash Jeff Pedowitz. I'm on Twitter. Um, same thing, at Jeff Pedowitz. They can find our website, pedowitzgroup.com. Uh, email me, Jeff at pedowitzgroup.com. Uh, and uh, I'm always responsive. So pretty easy to get to. Heck yeah. Heck yeah, man. Thank you so much for coming on here. I... You know, I loved talking with you about having authentic conversations and being yourself and riffing while actively doing it. And it's really encouraged me to maybe take less notes, but at the same time, you know, really focus on in the here and now, uh, learn so much from you. So I, man, I appreciate you coming on here. No problem. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Hell yeah. And for those listening, if you learned something and I know you did, cause I literally have two pages of notes front and back over here, then share this with someone else. One person, nine people, 3,000 people, 20 million people, whatever. But like that's thought leadership. Get good information in one other person's hands. Put some comments on LinkedIn. Tag Jeff, tag myself. We'll swoop in. We'll have a little jungle party and, and have some fun in the comments. Um, but man, Jeff, thanks again for coming on here. No problem. Thanks, Casey. All right, everyone. This has been another crazy episode of Creating the Greatest Show. We will see you all next time. And next time doesn't have to be next week. Life's too short and we have way too much to talk about. Find show notes full of takeaways, lessons, and links at creatingthegreatestshow.com. For more information on launching your own podcast or working with us to produce your existing show, come on down to the big tent at ringmaster.com. Until then, friends, whatever you do, do it with all your might. Work at it, if necessary, early and late, in season and out of season, not leaving a stone unturned and never deferring for a single hour. That which can be done just as well now. P.T. Barnum. <laughs>